Hey everyone, you're listening to Is, Is It That, that Deep though? Hi everybody, I'm Joy. I live in Austin. I'm a best friend. I'm a pet owner. I'm uh, almost 30. If I ever get uh, brought up on tweets on anything, oh I have honestly, if somebody said this you or but look what you said here, I would probably say, oh yeah, that was me. I was wrong. <laughs> Why doesn't anybody just say that? Huh? What? I have not heard the word simple plan in like 11 years, I'm sure. Yo, they were lit. And I'm Cynthia. I am a PhD candidate in clinical psychology and I'm in my last year. I'll just say one thing. I remember in 2018, I tweeted, the baby deserves to be tall. I had to go and delete that tweet because I cannot have that tied to my legacy that I was on the wrong side of history. If you like shake a bottle of Coke, and then you untwist it and it explodes, right? Everything will come out, but it's going to dissipate eventually. It's not gonna to continue to explode like that for the rest of time. Emotions are like that too. So you should feel them and then just kind of let them pass through you. I don't even know, can I even say it? It's like, yeah, you know, I got her <laughs> Hey everybody, it's episode two. <laughs> How has your week been, Cynthia? It's been going pretty swell. How has yours been? I love that smooth positivity. Yes. It's been swell. Well. That's, how, that's how you know it's not real. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> it's been swell. Uh, mine's this level. I don't even know. Mine's week five without a car. So that's pretty. Mm-hmm. You know what? It's like I'm getting used to it. Like I've been the friend in the passenger side of my best friend's ride for like <laughs> over a, a month and a quarter now. So like I'm like, yep. That's me. I can't Our even tell you life. about the week otherwise, though. Mm-hmm. I like forget every day after it happens. <laughs> oh, and it's just because there's a lot of things going on too, right? Is there like a, a term for that? Like when you live each day and like cannot remember, like it, they're not staying with you what you did like last Tuesday, last Thursday. I mean, I want to say trauma, but I think there's something else that describes what alcohol. that is. Alcohol. <laughs> I don't drink that much anymore, so that's not even true. But <laughs> anyways, we can get into our pop culture topics of the week. Again, okay. this is not going to be a weekly thing, but I, when I find something that tickles me, I feel like we must discuss. Mm-hmm. So okay. <laughs> did you hear about Beyonce and that like Tiffany's ad or whatever that Tiffany yes, dress. I did. And I saw her mom defending her. Yo. Okay. So apparently she was wearing a blood diamond or something, but to me, and she, apparently the update is that she's upset because she didn't know it was a blood diamond. Oh, for those of you who don't know blood diamonds, you should, there's a movie called blood diamond with mm-hmm. uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and Digimon. His name is not Digimon. Jimon, not Digimon. Digimon? How do you say his name? Who's I don't that? know. I don't know. Simmons' husband, ex-husband. Her ex-husband. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Digimon. Um, <laughs> um, so blood diamonds are like jewels that were basically harvested from Africa by like parasitic Europeans who like kill and slaughter their way to these precious jewels and then take them back to their country, whether it's somewhere in Europe or wherever to be sold at exorbitant prices. Mm-hmm. those are blood diamonds like people have in that country die so that these people can get to them so Beyonce she was told that all they told her when they were when they gave her the diamond to wear was you're the first black woman to ever get to wear this diamond I think only uh, like maybe a total of four people total had gotten to wear it or something I don't know okay and it's owned by Tiffany maybe it's owned by Tiffany's okay. it was a Tiffany's ad or maybe 
it was something to do with Tiffany's girl. I don't know. But okay, like, I, like, I wouldn't even. The fact that I'm sure, see, Beyonce is great. She's a great performer, great singer, but a lot of us forget that she didn't go to school. Like, yeah. She didn't really go to high school and she definitely didn't go to college. So mm-hmm. like she, for her to hear you're the first black woman to wear this diamond was probably like, oh my gosh, such what an honor. Right. Wow, I feel so special. Whereas to me, I would be like, and why is that? Right. Exactly. Well, what is the history of this diamond? Mm-hmm. Who all, where did you get it from? Like she didn't ask enough questions. So it came out that it was like a blood diamond and everybody was like, not dragging her. Cause you can't drag Beyonce, but they right. were like coming at her. And yeah, Miss Tina had to come out and be like, how many of y'all look up to see where the diamonds you get, you bought are from. Exactly. Yeah. So, which is like true. But we're not we not wearing like a uh, fifty million dollar diamonds, <laughs> right? Exactly. Our diamonds cost like ten thousand or less. <laughs> like we're not right. wearing diamonds that are like uh, really worth anything. TBH. <laughs> right, and it's just it's really unfortunate too because I can understand her like her and Jay Z are like the head like the ambassadors for Tiffany's or something like that. Like that's the reason why they're there. I'm so tired of them. I just feel like they are like these honorable black people who are like, we carry the mantle and we're the respected black people. (laughs) It's like, why couldn't they be, you know, the face of Tiffany's? That would have sufficed for me. Let them be the face of Tiffany's. They have their campaigns or whatever. But to have that whole thing with the blood diamond in the middle of like this pandemic, this economic crisis, all this stuff in turmoil. And it's like, that is being flaunted as extreme wealth where like billionaires, more billionaires have been, or more people become billionaires since the pandemic started than any other period in history or something like that. Like the, the economic and wealth disparity has just transformed and become massive. And it's just like, I don't know. But at the same time, it's Beyonce. So I'm not gonna, I'm not being like, oh, she's out here for us, whatever. But I'm, I also, I don't know, it's hard to criticize. She can do whatever. I I will never put it on rich people to be like always cognizant of poor people. Like I would never yeah. be like, you can't be on a yacht or take a picture of yourself on the yacht because we're in a pandemic and I feel bad. Like right. they I'm can do whatever that. they want. I just personally don't trust Jay-Z. I yeah. feel like ever since he became this huge big businessman and like they got to billionaire status, he and he started working with like the NFL for yeah. these fake like deals or whatever to promote diversity. I don't know what he was doing. And then what happened with that? He just kind of reminds me of, let me take it there. I don't want to take it there, but in my head, it's like, he is that slave that like the massa gives like the whip to, Mm. or like lets him be in charge. So he feels like I'm almost to his level now. And it's like, no, you're like whipping us too now. Like, cool. Like, and Beyonce is like the cheerleader's husband where she's like, I just let my man do anything and I just let him be the man. And I, I, when I see her with him, I'm like, where is your power in this relationship? I don't know them again, granted. Right. I don't know them. And, you know, especially since I will, I don't know whose career, I don't know. It it doesn't matter. I hope because from what it looks like, they have some type of partnership. They have a partnership. It works for them. That is fine. At the same time, it's just frustrating where just as a whole, we look to people like Jay-Z and Ice Cube, or not we, white yeah. society and culture will look yeah. to them as being like the spokespeople for black culture in America. And that they are like, they have the tools and the access to like, what's going to change 
like the face of the black community or whatever. They're not looking to activists. They're not looking to organizers. They're looking for Ice Cube to be the head of diversity <laughs> and equity. Ice Cube. Right. <laughs> Ice Cube and Jay-Z who have not been in the community since they left like 20 years ago. And yeah, like I, they that. don't know what's going on with people. And at this point they are as out of touch as the white people who are rich too. Like they're not, it's, it's, that's, that's why I just don't trust these people. Cause I look at them like, you don't relate to me at all. You relate to white people more than you relate to me. So like, I honestly don't care about anything you have to say about anything. And they're charitable and like, they do Absolutely. get politically involved and whatever. But at the same time, I'm like, you're like part of the 1% now, are you not? Like, so right. what I, what people like me need is never going to be in your best interest. Cause you don't mm-hmm. want to give anything up to like right. make things more fair for everyone. So yeah, she can go cry in their Bugatti about that blood diamond or whatever. Like they'll be fine. They they're having like an Asian uh superhero movie coming out. I've seen trailers for it. It's like the Ten Rings. Shang- or Shanghai. Let me not say something that's gonna. Be yeah, cool. I know. I also like. I have. I don't know anything about Marvel or in Crystal's words, Marvel. I don't know anything about it. <laughs> I don't know nothing about Marvel. Marvel. Let me just Google so, real quick. Uh, I'm all for representation. I think representation is excellent. So I'm happy for. The representation uh, that will come from that film. I don't okay. know anything about it. It's Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi mm. and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Mm-hmm. I, I googled Asian superhero. And that was the first that popped up? It, it popped so up. So everyone's problematic then. So he, see, the reason I, typically I try to support other people as well, but I don't fuck with Nora from Queens, Aquafina. Oh, Aquafina, she's in it? Yeah, she's like the sidekick or something or his best friend really? or something. I and I that. I think it's just way too heavily on me, the whole black scent thing with her. Mm-hmm. And then being like, I'm Nora now and I'm a serious actress. And it's like, she was telling people she, oh, I talk like this because I'm from Queens. And it's like, you're not from like where the black people live around Queens. You're like from this predominantly white affluent area. Mm. So no. So her being in the movie, and then apparently the lead character Simu Simu Liu Simu mm-hmm. Simu Liu, mm-hmm. who I actually saw in Kim's convenience store, and I used to like him, and I thought he was hot. Oh, okay. Have you seen Kim's convenience store? Some episodes. It's good. The ones I thought seen. it was funny, and I liked yeah. it. But apparently he's like taken up for like men's rights activists. Ooh, and let me tell you. So you know how, I don't know if you know, but Mark Wahlberg has like, oh, uh, he was, what's it called when you beat somebody up because you're a racist? Oh, a hate crime? <laughs> yes. Yeah, he, he like beat up like a Vietnamese man. An Asian guy. Like, yeah. So he has a, a, a past history that you can even find on his Wikipedia yeah. that he has committed hate crimes against Asian people and been like, and I think black people and like said like racist things about Asians and stuff it's too much of am. course back in the 90s but like you, you did it honey you right did it. and apparently Simu Liu who is the who is a star of this Shang-Chi movie was like he's good people I like him he's a good guy he is not a racist you know him, babes. Like, yeah you know him babes you know him love but babes you know him personally <laughs> you know him personally babes what you doing babe you're all right babes you're right like, <laughs> it's cheeky like, of you what are you doing? Like, no, I wish there was somebody. We talked about John Mayer last episode. I wish right. I would say John Mayer's not racist. I, even if I'd ever met him and right. what y'all are too, man, maybe it's not, it's just like a straight man sticking up for straight man thing. Like 
Y'all can't help take up the mantle for other men. Right. When it's like, why would you do that? Why would you stay out of it? Like, oh, people don't like him because they know he's been racist against Asians. It is not my job as an Asian man to like Mm -hmm. stick up for him and try to help him. He makes more than you. He doesn't need your help. What are you doing? And his career is not going to tank with that controversy coming back up. Like your career would tank, especially from your key fan base, knowing that you justified a hate crime against your own fan base. Him at his lowest paycheck that he could make from this thing, a scandal that came back up would still be way more than yours. Right. And even if he never acted again, he is still always going to be richer than you. Mm -hmm. So I don't understand feeling like I need to take up for him and speak up. Like, did he ask you to, did his team ask you to like, he doesn't need your help and he would not do that for you. So child, I was like, I'm not seeing this movie. (laughs) The last topic that I think we should talk about is uh Steph Curry's parents Steph Curry's parents are getting divorced and I sent you this thread on Twitter Uh, honestly normally I wouldn't even care I would be like cute for them whatever never heard of them (laughs) but there's this tweet by an account called at Solomon Missouri Mm. who quote tweeted uh the news that Del Curry and Sonia Curry to divorce after 30 plus years of marriage and he starts off the thread with bud and he goes let me tell y'all something you don't want to be out here you think you want to be out here because you're not out here when you get out here you ain't gonna want to be out here no more Mm -hmm. (laughs) last time you was out here out here was different (laughs) You think it's something better. I come to let you know the best you're going to get is what you already got. Mm. I don't know why you don't want to do the work. You're going to come out here and you ain't going to like it. <laughs> All they do is start podcasts and talk about plate fixing. <laughs> Which, okay. Shots fired. I heard right. you. 14 minutes out here. You're going to start saying these females. <laughs> if you can make it work, do so. You don't want to be out here learning TikTok dances and falling off milk crates. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Love the wife of your youth. But he's like, they want rounds now. You better pray about coming out here. <laughs> you think it's a game till you in the middle of 60,000 people in a panty. And she pointing her finger at you all hard rapping flow Millie lyrics. <laughs> Do you like t- turmeric charcoal ice cream? You better learn to like it. <laughs> You don't know nothing about Sneaky Link. <laughs> not Sneaky Link. No. Now, you, now you're knocking on the door of a 22-year-old with three other roommates. She got a side piece. You're going to be wearing a hottie shirt by Thanksgiving. You better ask your wife to forgive you. You better go listen to Lemonade and pray about it. You don't have the cholesterol to be out here. That alone took me out completely. <laughs> Because all of this is is subjective. Like a lot of people share the same experience, but that is an objective human experience. That is an undeniable (laughs) fact. He does not. They not eating butter pecan no more. Bluebell ain't out here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You gonna be chasing Cialis with Red Bull. Lord. Do you know what group chat is? You better learn because you finna be the subject. (laughs) Do you know how to make a mimosa? Tulum? Question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. These people are 60% crab legs, 30% iced coffee, and 10% vape pen. Facts, that's true. Wow. <laughs> Beloved, whatever went wrong, go back and make it right. They pegging out here. Whoa. Whoa. 
It's like, mm-hmm. this is the last one I'm going to read. Okay. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm trying to prepare you. These people are the children of Rihanna born into the fire of chaos. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Everything he said, I was like, OMG. Mm-hmm. Like pros, absolute pros, because everything made sense. <laughs> like there was not one thing that I was like, no, I can see that a hundred percent being the case if he's back out here at his <laughs> old age. When he said sneaky link, <laughs> and all I could think about was Coil Array's uh oh my gosh. D- tr- double XL freshman freestyle. <laughs> when he said they pegging out. <laughs> that one was a little it was like letting like uh del curry know this is not the 80s no it is not we are reckless out here Mm -hmm. like you you can't handle it no it's (laughs) too much make it work with your wife right i don't know you know what happened within their marriage and it's none of my business it's an unfortunate i think case altogether because you know divorce is painful but at this point be a parent be a grandparent just, just focus on the kids what they say is that she he says that she is cheating on him and she already Ooh. lives with her new boo and she oh. is saying he's cheated the whole relationship Ooh. so basically i wonder how steph feels like him and aisha <sighs> work so hard to have this this idea of we're the perfect family and we have our daughters and i'm a great dad and my wife covers up and she's very modest and we're just mm. perfect american nuclear family and then his parents are out here like we hate each other we're divorcing after 30 years like she was cheating he's been cheating like that's so uh it's so sad it's sad for us right who knows maybe he knew this whole time and his relationship was like okay well i'm gonna be what i don't want to be in my relationship if he right. knew that his dad was sneaking around and you can't be honest and be like i come from a long line of people who don't know how to function in right. relationships so i you have to especially like his dad I think former NBA yeah he is a former NBA player so like Mm -hmm. you have to keep with the image of like perfection like nothing is ever wrong and even the fact that his mom and dad made it 30 years it's like right not too many of these couples make it that long right especially if he was in like he was a pro baller like right like he was in the NBA or something like that or was he no he was NBA he was in the NBA I feel like See, if I were to marry a guy in the NBA, I assume he's cheating and I'm okay with it. Oh, really? Let's let's discuss this and let's have a dialogue and come to an understanding because let's be real. Mm -hmm. You are a guy worth millions of dollars in Mm -hmm. this league. Let's not even say you're like a good player. Let's just say you're on the team and you get Mm -hmm. some court time. Like, everywhere they go and they travel I can't come with you I'm not going to give up my life to be like the, the supportive NBA girlfriend who comes to all the games and I'm not going to try to control you and I'm not going to be like looking through your phone and being insecure I just already know women are going to be coming at you mm-hmm. some of the boys too and like you're Inside. young and you're into you're getting this fame you should be able to have fun when I'm not there this is gonna see when I start saying stuff like this, I'm like, I sound stupid. <laughs> okay, you know, and that's wait, wait, wait. because, but, but okay, let me let me let me see where it takes me. I'll let you land. I'll let you land. <laughs> let me land. Let me let me land. Let me land. <laughs> you are young. We are young. We're in a relationship, and we love each other. But the reality is, it will be long distance for some time while you're traveling for these games, and 
I can't be there all the time. And if something happens with somebody else, I wouldn't hate you. I would be like, you're human. Where I start to hate you is when you are lying to me about it. Mm. Or when somebody can come and tell me what they did with my man and I don't know. And I'm just Mm -hmm. like, oh no, he said he did. You know, again, it's like trust. If I, if we have an understanding, see, and now I'm I'm starting to sound stupid again. I was going to say, just don't embarrass me, but it's like, your man is sleeping with other people. You're not exactly, <laughs> exactly. And see, my thing is, if this is an undeniable, <laughs> pure, unadulterated fact that if you are dating someone in the NBA, the NFL, the NHL, I don't even know, Cracker Jack League, and they are <laughs> going to cheat, I just will not date them. They're not the person for me. I just will not be okay with right. that. And not, I don't need to be with them. Right. But cheating is when there is a lie right if you Mm. know like people who are in open relationships are not being cheated on they have an understanding so while you're in the nba if we can come to an understanding about like what this looks like when i can't be there are you allowed to just have fun and what does fun look like do you need to tell me about it you know or can it just be like uh uh, what do they say don't see don't tell don't ask don't tell don't ask don't (laughs) i don't want to know just like keep it cute be protected and don't talk to me about don't have her sign an NDA like because we all know like LeBron is not you know what LeBron is like now why am I in it right exactly (laughs) I I, didn't have to be in it he's like see how I'm in it and I didn't didn't. (laughs) so let me leave him alone but I'm just saying that there are NBA players and other celebrities who are not faithful but Mm -hmm. they know how to be very professional about it Mm -hmm. they know how to get those NDAs in place and you know like she knows her place girl you had the, the time of your life cute mm-hmm. bye-bye you that you were never here type right. of thing mm-hmm. but I also feel like I sound stupid trusting a straight man to be smart enough to right <laughs> exactly and I think that just is because of who you are as a person there are some people who that will come out of their mouth and it makes perfect sense for them and they are totally fine with doing that and to them that's just like I mean that's just you got to play the game We also got to talk. I mean, it's a slippery slope because if you have an open relationship and then one day your boyfriend or your partner is like, I'm in a relationship with someone else as well, or I've been seeing someone else, then how can you really be? It's like, well, I opened the door by letting you sleep with other people. Mm -hmm. So you developing feelings for this person and like hanging out with them even more. I opened the door because I let you. Mm-hmm. that's a discussion for another day child yeah I know <laughs> I know and it happens I, I realize more as I've gotten older uh because I grew up incredibly sheltered that this happens relatively commonly like it's not something that you only see once in a while like this is an this happens to people. open relationships or no. being cheated on in that way where like you were, it wasn't necessarily an open relationship but one of the partners allowed it in order to keep the other partner happy but then it inter- divulged into cheating and all that stuff but see, I think some people would argue like that is not that depends on your partner. So because your partner mm-hmm. was not honest with you, that doesn't mean that this whole thing doesn't work. So I think maybe we should just go to our topic now. OK, yeah. So topic of this episode is going to be the longevity of millennial relationships. And like, are we actually capable of making these things work like forever and it's forever (laughs) realistic anymore for our people Mm -hmm. because we already know like the baby boomers and like this idea of like 
nuclear family. The husband goes out and brings home the bacon. So the woman is at home and she's domestic. So they have this like symbiotic relationship where I can only do this. You do that. So we both need each other. And even if we're unhappy, we can't leave because Mm -hmm. I don't know how to bring in income or provide financially for myself. And you don't know how to make your own martinis and cook Mm -hmm. dinner or whatever. But like our generation is not like that. So what do you think? Do you think that we are capable of long-term lifelong, like committed relationships? I think so, because I don't think absolutes exist. So I don't think there will never, this will never happen for every single millennial on earth, obviously. Um, But I just, I think because of just the changes in society and the changes in culture, specific people or different people are understanding that relationships can be different. And if it doesn't in turn, like commitment into a long-standing relationship may not be in the cards for them. And they don't feel the societal pressure to have that because the culture is changing. But see, that's why I'm saying like, we can't, we can't, I'm not saying we, none of us can, Mm. but it's so much more rare for us to be together even five years, 10 years, like we are at the age where we should be quote unquote should be, which, I mean, you can settle down in your twenties, your thirties, whatever. Mm-hmm. But like, what I find is that we are not good at sticking with people because you cannot depend on somebody to make you happy. And you cannot mm. assume that this person is the only way you can like provide for yourself, have stability. So we are very quick to cut each other off to be like, you don't make enough. You're not, you don't have your shit together. Mm-hmm. Oh, th- I'm not actually that into how you physically look. This is more my type. This is who I want. You know, like we don't really have strong convictions when it comes to being with someone mm-hmm. for a long time. Am I making that up? Like, I feel no, like- I see that. That's definitely true. Obviously it's not everybody, but that is true. And, and I these think apps are making us more, sorry to cut you off, but these apps well, are yeah. making us more shallow. Are they mm-hmm. not? No. Yeah, definitely. Because the, the immediacy and the access to options is there through the apps. People, even just the idea of like people as like playing cards in a slide deck where you like mm-hmm. swipe yes, swipe no, da, 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 da. A lot of these conversations on the apps don't even go very far because while they're talking to you, they're still swiping and somebody right. else catches their attention. They're talking to that person. And our generation has come up with ghosting, which I wonder if ghosting was a thing before us where like you got involved with somebody, whether it was just talking on an app mm-hmm. or whether it's you went out with them. And then you just disappeared on them and never said a word, even though you gave off the idea that you had a good time. Like, right. I mean, like in a way, I feel like it's always been available. Like, let's say you were dating someone and they went off to world war two and they died and you never called them again. You know, like that always was a case. (laughs) You wouldn't know. I got ghosted because my partner went to war and he ain't called me after that. Right. He became a literal ghost. Oh my gosh. Whatever. Whatever. Sorry. Sorry. No, we were, Um, were, uh, actually I'm a, moving on (laughs) yes anyway anyway but i think what makes it more insidious now is because we have access to communication so readily like you can pick up the phone you can go online you can there are opportunities to get in contact with people but people choose not to we're not good at communicating and i really feel like we don't have this thing in us and i'm speaking again very broadly but like Mm. this thing that makes us really understand the value of work And like, this person isn't perfect. I mean, what does it take for you? Let me ask you, Mm. what does it take for you to know you want to settle down with somebody? What do they need to have or do that makes you go, this is somebody I want to work with 
uh, on a partnership and like marriage and all that? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think personally, I think one big thing is like just values and how they value relationships, how they value life, like work ethic. And obviously like that's underneath, like just genuinely having chemistry and getting along with them and having conversation and stuff. Um, but that can only go so far, like values should align um, where you see yourself in the future, what you have, like your goals for your life and where you see your life going to should be aligned in at least some type of way. Um, and like security, I sec- honestly, I'm going to be honest, security is important because not just financially, but also like emotional security. So financial security looks like what to you? So if they're a school teacher, they make 32,000 a year. Is that financial security for you? I would say so. That would be. Now I'm not now I'm saying that not to say that like, oh, they're, they're not making enough for me. Um, but if that's like a solid job and that's something that they're doing and they also see themselves as like, well, 32K, is that how much you said it was? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 32K. Yeah. I feel like that's something that I hope would not be stagnant. Like that has, there's progression in that too. So this is you thinking, this is how I, I found them as a teacher making 32K. I'm assuming that they plan to make more and have more plans. They haven't said this to you, but you're going to continue hoping or. Oh no, that would have to come up. Yeah. I would have to come up with a conversation. If they said, nope, I actually really value my kids and I really like what I do. And it's important for me to teach these second graders. I never want to leave them. Would you be like, okay, mm, cut. (laughs) This is not cut the cameras. Cut the cameras. Dead ass. (laughs) This is not it. Or would you be like, oh, well, we have values where he wants to help children and like Mm -hmm. cares about the future. And what would that mean for you? I definitely think that that would make me after having that conversation and that's his response. I think that would make me think like, okay, okay. I will, if we are, we are in a relationship, I'm not going to end the relationship on that alone, but I think conversations in the future about like, okay, what type of lifestyle do you want to live? And is this like conducive to that lifestyle? That's a real Meaning, question. Do you want to ever uh, fly first class or what? Cause that's what I'm trying to do. Oh yeah. Yeah. That type of we stuff. If you want to have kids, if you want to live in a, a safe area. True. But what if he's like, I mean, you make, you got it. You, you make good money. And that's it. No. <laughs> not it no because that it's, has- like, it's not like we'd be suffering you have a job too like us together we would be fine would okay that is that could be true right but I don't want to be with somebody who their mindset is like okay if I'm not able to sustain the lifestyle I have at least I have a partner that'll pick up the slack I don't want that I mean we all think that because even if you want to have kids and you mm-hmm. want to take time off to raise your kid or whatever you do still need somebody that's what partnership is for can you pick up the slack when I can't Right. And that you're right. That's, that's one. I think that's one aspect of it. I think the way I was thinking was like, if I'm talking to someone and they say, I'm okay at being at 32 K and because I love my job and I don't see any type of income progression in my future. And I'm not looking forward towards that, but I have these lifestyle goals or lifestyle pursuits and I can't get them with where I'm at now. I have no way of getting to where I want to get to but because I'm with you and you're already there, then I don't have to worry about progressing because <laughs> I'm with you. That's different than me being like, oh, I want to have kids and my maternity leave is literally going to be six weeks right, right, or something like that. I wonder what a teacher's lifestyle goals are. I mean, most teachers are probably just like, I can pay my rent. Mm. I can afford a vacation each year. I'm good with that. 
I get it. I guess that would be why you asked because if their lifestyle goals are different than yours, then obviously it's like, okay, then this isn't going to work because right. I'm a little bit more than that. Like that's not going to work for me. For me, I just, when I look for a partner, I really just look at, is he a good person? Mm-hmm. Um, communication. Is he tall? attracted to him Mm -hmm. I think some of the shallowness needs to be in there like we do Mm -hmm. need to be real about like what we need to be happy but at the same time I think that when we're not happy we are just kind of like then this is dead like I'm not Mm -hmm. happy which I think is kind of funny because I do see people who are trapped in like toxic relationships a Mm -hmm. lot Mm -hmm. to where I'm like I would be out because I'm unhappy and this is like, I don't like to argue. We're not going to be arguing. And I think people like that can look at toxicity as like, well, we're fighting to make this work. This is important because we're fighting because we both care and want to make it work. Which is so interesting that you say that because do y'all really like if we talk, if it's toxicity in the sense, like struggle love and we're struggling for this love because we're fighting so hard. It's like, sometimes life, life is hard, but it doesn't have to be that hard. Like if it's toxic, where you literally can't function at your emotional, you know, at a place where you can emotionally be able to be healthy and all the other stuff, like finances, housing, all that Mm -hmm. stuff too, is on the rocks. Like, do you think relationships? Okay. I'm going to say what I think. I want my relationships to be easy because for me like what you said life is hard Mm -hmm. everything else is hard I have to work Mm -hmm. to pay my rent I have bills to pay I have to like you know I have family like I have a lot going on this is my relationship with you I don't need it so it needs Mm -hmm. to be easy and the minute Mm -hmm. it does get hard if it's if we can't talk through it and you can't be reasonable then like literally let's be done with it because like I don't want to work. I'm not going to struggle. I'm not going to be crying myself to sleep mm-hmm. over somebody I'm dating. Mm-hmm. I even, I wonder at what point it even gets to where you're like, we need counseling. Yeah. Do you think our generation goes to counseling? I will. I actually do. I've, well, these are people on social media, like couples that I follow, but they are in like marriage counseling and they talk about it openly. Not everybody, but I, at least I've seen it where I was like, okay, the awareness is there. I would hope that everyone does go to counseling, honestly, even before getting married. I think going to some type of marriage counseling, marital counseling or something prior to even getting married would be helpful. At what point, or how, long, rather. how long do you need to be with someone bef- to go to counseling? So if you've been with someone and you're not getting along, but it's only been four months, would you be like, let's go to counseling? Oh, probably not. I mean, especially if, it's, if you don't know it's going to be long-term. I think if you know that this is long-term, it yeah. would be an investment for sure. I can't imagine. But at four months? That's four to six months. Four to when six you're, months. you're in a committed relationship, it's been four to six months being like, we need to go to counsel. I would literally be like, you need to move out of my house. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I, I think, let's talk some more about the apps. Yeah. Because for me, it kind of, our generation has somewhat deluded ourselves into thinking that is the best way to meet people. That like, you need to quaff this online presence or or this profile with your five best pictures that don't really look like you that much and mm-hmm. have this witty or funny or whatever bio where you're like, I love to travel and try new things whatever, whatever. 
And then you're just out in the sphere of other people just swiping through their cards. Mm -hmm. And to me, it just, it, it makes it impossible to focus on one person. Right. Because the whole point is, aren't there plenty of fish in the sea? Look around. Somebody might be a little bit better than this person you're talking to. Mm -hmm. This person might actually be your type. Whereas the person you're talking to isn't really your type. They're just nice. Mm-hmm. Like I'm constantly finding myself in situations where I drop one person, pick up another, mm-hmm. ignore this person, go out with this guy because mm-hmm. of just like having too much in front of right. me. Right. Yeah. I didn't think that the apps have created a culture where that's just like, that's the culture and what it's done, at least from my perspective, I feel like it's really dimmed the shine that people have like what makes, cause we're not all like on an app you can be swiping through all these guys and they look like they're all the same or they're like, they're all just guys. There's no individuality shining through, but they're all different people. Nobody is the same. Like in reality, everybody's different, but you don't see that because you're able to go through and swipe through and you definitely, you can categorize people by, you know, anything. But I feel like that aspect of seeing the idiosyncratic like shine in each person, obviously you can't on an app, but if you were to meet someone and get to know someone in real life, then you can start to see that. And then that would kind of be part of your vetting process, but you can't, that's not part of your vetting process on that. I do agree with you. That's why I think that like meeting people in real life is just a lot better. For me, it is like an instant. I'm attracted. I know if I'm attracted to you within the first couple of minutes of seeing you and talking to you or -hmm. not. So if I meet people out in person, I already know if I'm physically attracted to them, to them. And then I can talk to them and be like, cool. They seem cool. I would like to get to know them more. Whereas when you meet somebody on an app, I've done a lot of app dating. Mm -hmm. People can be like one eighties from like what Mm -hmm. they portray. This guy once he was cute on the app in real life. He looked like a serial killer. Like (laughs) this guy on the app, we're talking and the conversation is good in real life. You're like really quiet and you don't know how to keep up a conversation. Like Mm -hmm. it's hard to And it's to the point where like, I don't even want to go out with anybody I meet on an app because I'm like, you're probably not very much like what I think. Mm -hmm. And if we haven't established at least a few things we have in common that we can talk about, then there's no reason for us to meet because it's safe for me to assume we probably don't have much in common. Mm -hmm. I really like people who are passionate about something or very like big fans of something. Right. So if after talking to you for a few days, you haven't given me anything that you really like, or we haven't established commonalities that I'm like, I don't want to meet you because we won't have anything to talk about. And Mm -hmm. I also just not to ramble, but the idea of talking to somebody on an app and then meeting them in public for the first time is so weird. It can be, it, it can be a lot. Definitely. Definitely. Especially when, you know, when you're out and you can sense that two people like, oh, they just, they're on a date and they met up off at nap just like you sometimes you can just sense it I remember being I used to live in Chicago I remember being in a coffee shop and there were these two college kids clearly first date from an app and like he was sitting there she walked up he like stood up immediately and like awkward hug it's like it's so great to meet you and man on different pages she was wearing college wear he was wearing like a button up it's like this is clearly people who have not met yet <laughs> so you can tell it's so, you know, do you ever think, sometimes I'm thinking like, what do you think the guy's process is when he's getting ready for this date? Like, do you think oh. he's like, okay, let me j- hop in the shower before this date. 
ooh, what should I wear? Do you think he's like going back and forth between different shirts or pants? And like, do you think his roommates are like hyping him up? Like, you got this, like, <laughs> do it. Or do you think he like doesn't tell anybody? Like <laughs> the latter. Either, <laughs> oh, I don't know for sure. I feel like that's enduring for them to like, you know, want to present themselves like in their best to like impress this person that they're meeting for the first time. Um, but I don't think guys talk about like, oh, I'm going to go on a date. <laughs> they're just like, oh, I'll be back. If they have a roommate, it's like, yeah, I'm going to be back soon. Oh, one time we had, I was friends with this group of guys and one of the roommates was going on a date and he was so nervous. So he was like drinking with us and he mm. left like a little bit tipsy and we were all in good spirits. Like they were like, you got this, like, you mm -hmm. know, you can do it. Like we're here <laughs> or whatever. And then he came back and he had like a good date and oh, he good. was like beaming. And so they were supportive. Mm -hmm. I don't know how supportive men tend to be of each other, especially the straights. Mm. <laughs> because it's like I don't think they're really allowed to be as vulnerable with each other where they're right. like man I don't know if I'm ready I'm like really nervous like what should I say can you give me some good icebreakers like how do you talk to women because a lot of men are not good at talking to women mm -hmm. but it's not safe for them to admit it to each other and ask right <laughs> exactly no exactly exactly and that's where I mean it's really unfortunate but I think that's where that modeling just doesn't happen with guys don't really model like what it what it's like to date if they're straight with other guys, at least with girls, from at least my perspective, like you'll talk through things. And then afterwards, there's like the half, like, like an after show type of thing where if you have a roommate, they come back, they tell you everything and which can be bad at some points. Cause then you can take it too far and overthink. Um, but I don't know if guys do that. Maybe they do though. I would love, we, we need to get a man, like a straight man on this primary source. Who do you run to when you need to open up and be vulnerable? And who do you model your dating after? And like, how do you behave when you go on a first date? And mm -hmm. like, do you pull out the chair? Oh my gosh, are we going to talk about plate fixing now? <laughs> like, like that tweet. <laughs> are we going to talk about what do you bring to the table? Oh my goodness. <laughs> that I've, I'm very happy that I've never encountered that in real life. I've only seen it online. Um, but I just think that's just comes from a very insecure place and breeds unhealthy encounters and relationships. I get so scared. Cause I feel like every time I see black people talking about dating online, it is in such like rigid Dysfunction dysfunctional but also like business-like like the $200 dates tweets like how much should you spend on a date and if you spent $200 then what does she owe you does that mean you got to get some like type of thing and like flewed out kind of thing oh and like what do you bring to the table because I can hire a chef I can hire a maid I can hire an interior <laughs> like that makes me so like is this how a lot of black men think because like why are we talking about each other in terms of money and right. like service? That makes me feel like the type of men who are bringing up that conversation and going so hard in the comments. Like you're literally sitting in your house or sitting on the bus responding to somebody's tweet with so much vitriol about this concept. I just, that makes me feel a lot of, I almost pity them because it's like, that comes from a level of insecurity. That comes from a level of just not liking women. You might like women's bodies. You might that like having part. sex with women, but you do not like women. You don't like women. You don't like women. And that it's like, and it's clearly the case. So if that's the case, just say that I don't like women or don't just keep your mouth shut. Have you seen that TikTok of that dude who is like, yes, <laughs> <laughs> I already know. 
fucking god yes who's like y'all are not queens Mm -hmm. you ain't my mama you ain't give birth to me so you are not a prize what i didn't even i honestly saw the first 20 seconds Mm -hmm. of it because i was like oh he hates women oh yeah he hates us Mm because are you sure you like you said you're straight but why would you ever be so angry and like telling women y'all are not prizes Mm -hmm. y'all are not queens y'all ain't my mom Mm -hmm. so like you're you don't love me unconditionally your love comes with conditions and so does yours right and your love from anybody but your mother should be conditional because your mother should be the only your parents but most of the time it's your mother should be the only person on this earth that should love you unconditionally. To be fair, if we're being real, sometimes if you have your own kids, your kids don't have to love you unconditionally, especially if you treated them poorly. But if you have a child, most people love their children unconditionally. Your partner should not love you unconditionally because they chose to be with you. And that was based on conditions. Exactly. We fell for each other because of X, Y, Z. And so if X, Y, Z is gone, then I do not have to continue to love you. I feel like a lot of love comes with conditions. Like, Usually, I mean, the only love that typically doesn't is from your parents, but a lot of parents even have conditional love where they're Mm -hmm. like, I love you as long as you succeed, as long as you look good, as long as you're successful, as long as you make me proud, as long as you get good grades, as long as you're good at sports. Like there are a lot of kids out here who are like, my parents didn't pay much attention to me. They liked my other sibling more Mm -hmm. because of whatever. So I just, and I feel like, again, we do not see, we don't see women like, doing a lot of it I don't see a lot of women on the internet period like talking about what men need to do to earn their love or like mostly what I see women do is just say like I want to be taken care of Mm -hmm. because that's where I've set my priorities the same way that a man can be like my girl has to be hot I only date women who were below the age of 26 Leonardo Leonardo DiCaprio right (laughs) I only am interested in this look, this body type or whatever. So I need to be with a woman who needs to be able to maintain that for as long as she wants me to be interested in her. Okay. Mm -hmm. Then you need to have the money Mm -hmm. that I require. Mm -hmm. If you, if I have to do all this work to look like this so that you are happy, then you need to have what I want, which is money. And I think that's fair. That's fair. That's the only time I've ever seen women talk about like money or needing like that kind of benefit from a relationship whereas Mm -hmm. I feel like for men I hear a lot about like what do you bring to the table why should I wife you up oh these girls is hoes hot girl summer Megan the Stallion ruined everybody you're all thoughts okay well you have a lot of homeboys that you love and value more than these women anyway so hang out with them just spend time with them and if something sparks then let it spark (laughs) I just find it so painful to see those videos and to see that man clearly in his mother's house like I've seen so many like TikToks like and now and like giving analysis um with the curtain that's just like held with no rod the toys everywhere the futon like there's clearly nothing this man brings to the table and he's projecting that on imaginary women that he doesn't know but I think overall it's just like with like millennials and like this generation and keeping relationships and stuff like that Like you said, like, you know, nothing worth having is going to be like completely easy. Like life is hard. You don't want your relationship to be much harder. And like a healthy relationship, I would hope is something that requires effort, but not necessarily necessarily like struggle. Like 
it takes effort to keep yourself healthy, to work out, eat healthy, all that type of stuff. You, you're not killing yourself to try to keep yourself healthy. So a relationship should be like that too. Okay, so Cynthia, I had another idea. I don't know if you brought anything as a mental health tip, but I did oh, want okay. to see, like we hear a lot of people talking about manifesting and manifestation. And like, I guess that's just the idea that if you say it out loud and claim it, then it will happen if you say it enough. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to know, is this just like some frou-frou woo-woo kind of like fake healer talk? Or is this like rooted in any sort of psychology? Mm, that is a really good question. Something that I actually was talking about with someone earlier. So to my knowledge and also listeners, if you are more educated than me on this topic, um, take what I say with a grain of salt, but I feel like I'm pretty confident in saying that manifestation has a lot of like spiritual and positive psychology, um, I guess, benefits, which means it's not invalid. So I don't want to invalidate it, but I do know that in terms of like it being something that like energies that are like undisclosed or impacting you. And then the things that you write down will happen on its own. It hasn't been like psychologically tested. So in a way it is from a pure research perspective, it can be seen as pseudoscience, but from a spiritual perspective, I can see the valid, the validity in it. And the reason why is because a lot of the underlying, I guess, mechanisms behind why it works are grounded in a lot of other therapies too like taking the time to write out the things that you want and understanding what your values are. When you write what your values are down on paper and really think about how they impact your life, you kind of are, you'll kind of slowly but surely align your life and the choices that you make with those values. And then you'll see some benefits from that. So if you write, like if you try to write down in a manifestation journal of like, okay, I want to make six figures and kind of think to yourself like, okay, what are the values that I need in order to get to that point? That's just like a random thing. so you're saying that it ain't real but just kidding (laughs) she said basically the ideas and practices that a therapist might give to you are things that involve manifesting and I also feel like it overlaps with self-fulfilling prophecy where like usually Mm -hmm. we think of it in a negative way if you keep telling yourself, you can't do this, I can't do this, I can't do that, this isn't going to work out, then it won't work out and you can't do it. You're right. But oppositely, like if you manifest positivity and say, good things will come to me and like, I am deserving of X, Y, Z and whatever, then I guess that you can be opening yourself up to those things or is it just, it changes your mood and positive people see more positive outcomes or what? It changes, I think, the way that you approach, like how you think your thoughts, if that makes sense, and how you approach and interpret situations. Because let's say you're like, I'm manifesting positivity. Okay, so what would that entail? If you typically wake up and immediately like go on Twitter and get mad about all the negative things that you see and it puts you in a bad mood all of a sudden. If you're manifesting positivity in your mindset or like the way that you approach like events or things that happen in your life and that kind of switches to like a more helpful point of view, I can see that being like impacting you in a way that's healthy. And it's not like you wrote it down and some magic happened and you're not positive, but you're kind of making active choices, if that makes sense, that got, that gets you to that point. So what did you think of B. Simone's uh, manifesting book that she had just clipped together? 
with clip art and like other people's words and works. I mean, it was it wasn't good that she was like plagiarizing stuff. <laughs> That's not good. That to me just sounds like a vision board, which is help, which can be helpful. Ever since that scandal, I just kind of thought manifesting was a crock of shit that people just say <laughs> where they're like, align your chakras and think positive <laughs> and do yoga and Pilates and drink pumpkin spice lattes and manifest and oh good things happened to me because I manifested it it seems to me just kind of like not real right that's the pseudoscience part good things happened to me because I manifested it it's like good things happening because I did something and something magically happened and I got good things that's not necessarily true and I'm not trying to tie that to spirituality spirituality is different but I feel like okay if I'm doing all these things that will make me be a healthier person and you start to see the benefits of it in it. It was because of the decisions that you made and the choices that you made too. Not necessarily because you wrote it down and then it just happened. So if you say to yourself, I am manifesting myself a boyfriend, I'm manifesting it. I'm claiming it right now. You're saying that your actions that you will take as a result of speaking this out and carrying it with you will probably lead you to having a boyfriend. Mm. Not necessarily. (laughs) No, (laughs) not what I'm saying. (laughs) Not what I'm saying necessarily. Like, okay, let's say like you're manifesting. I want a boyfriend, but at the same time, what has to happen before that? Right? Like ideally, if you're in a, you can, anybody can get a boyfriend. Like that's not hard. No, honestly, I mean, (laughs) well, I don't have one, but I feel like if I make myself available to any idiot and say that I want to be, yeah, then they can be my boyfriend. Right. But if I want a person who is going to be a good match for me and it's going to be a healthy relationship. Obviously that's not going to just happen because I was like, Oh, I want a boyfriend. But if I think about like, okay, well, if there's, I think, well, I think, Ooh, you know what? You stumped me. I think the boyfriend <laughs> thing is a tricky one. because I don't know, but if it's like, okay, well, I want to look, be a happier person. And there are certain things that make you happy that you could start doing. And I think that they have like whatever thing you're manifesting, I would hope comes with some thought changes and some actions behind it and not just like writing it down and continuing to live a toxic life, if that makes sense. So bottom line, keep it vague. (laughs) Do not ask for material things or physical people. Just say, I'm manifesting happiness. I'm manifesting wealth because it could be a wealth of knowledge. It could be a wealth of friendship, of love in your life. Just keep it vague. And it's bound to manifest. (laughs) I mean, in a way, yeah, because I feel like these, like, what is the reasoning behind getting a boyfriend? If your reason behind getting a boyfriend is just to be like, okay, well, somebody likes me. There you go. Yeah. The reasoning behind it, if it doesn't serve you in a way or is healthy, then yeah, it's not going to work. Or like the reasoning behind like, oh, well, I want to have six figures so I could stun on everyone. Like, like, again, it's like, if you're manifesting things that tie to your values And if you like, the more you think about the values you have, like good character, being healthy, being a good friend, communicating, when you think about things like that, you're more likely to start to kind of align yourself with those values because you value them. Right. I I think that is very, you really got to it when you're saying I'm manifesting myself a boyfriend, I'm manifesting myself a six figure job. I'm manifesting myself this thing that I've been taught I should want that's Mm -hmm. typically kind of shallow. Yep. Or isn't something 
a, a boyfriend doesn't mean it's going to be a good boyfriend. It doesn't mean you're going to be happier. It doesn't mean you, you're going to get all your shit together because, oh, cool. Now you have a boyfriend. Like all your problems don't go away. Right. So that is true. Like you have to look at you're manifesting something so shallow or something that isn't really of much value outside of the context of society has told you that this is what you should want and that once you get it, everything is fixed. Everything right. is fine. And it doesn't. And that is why you should manifest vaguely because it's really just about being happy, being healthy, mm -hmm. enjoying your time with loved ones, mm -hmm. you know, like putting back into the earth what you can. And mm -hmm. it's, there you go. Yeah, exactly. We got there. We got we there. Got, we got there. We got there. I think definitely at the end of the day, I feel like with manifestation, if it's a tool that you can use to pour into yourself, then I'm all for it. Because the most important thing is to pour into yourself and sustain yourself with things that you value and know that at the end of the day, everything could fall to the wayside. But as long as you look at the mirror and you like what you see and you're on a, like a healthy journey for yourself. If it was done through manifestation, it probably was also done through other things, but if it was done through manifestation, then, and it worked, that's fine. One mental health tip that I can think of that's kind of related to the conversation that we were having would be to, and I was talking about this with somebody else as well, um, writing down what you value in life and kind of just like referring to it. Some people write down what they're gracious for, like a, um, gratuity, not a gratuity, that's a tip. <laughs> like a gracious, like what I'm grateful for, like that yes. type of thing, which is, which is definitely helpful. And I would advocate that too, but like write down what you're, what you value. And I think that helps just in general in life. If you encounter people or events or things that don't align with that value, you're more likely to kind of see through the BS and be able to kind of assess if that's for you or not. Cause you know, a, a friend of mine is like, well, I value like timeliness or I value communication. And you're talking with someone or hang out with someone and they don't value that, that doesn't necessarily mean that you shouldn't talk with them. But I think that kind of reaffirms who you are as a person. So when you are in situations where you kind of have to, your character is confronted, you already know who you are as a person because you think about it. So, and this is self work. Like, this mm -hmm. is stuff that people should just do in general to like get to know or get more in touch with yourself. Cause I feel like when you're not in touch with yourself, you end up letting a lot of bullshit into your life because yes. you are not strong on your own convictions to be like, uh, uh, I don't like that. I don't want that. Nope. Don't bring that over here. Go away with that. Get away from me with this Apollo. Like, right. <laughs> I'm just going to be giving off a uh, real housewives quotes all day. <laughs> and honestly, if it wasn't for Twitter, I wouldn't know all these references. Dude, the whole, my favorite one is the Nene leaks. Like now why am I in it? See how I get put in stuff. I even didn't. <laughs> Okay, my my contribution to this week's deep think is going to be Flora Bama Shore. Mm. So, if you're like me, TV is a huge escape. It's uh, a cheap vacation. Like it's a great way to get your mind just sucked into other things. When you just, I think all of us should take some time out of our own lives. You cannot be thinking about your own things all the time. Right. Sometimes you, if you're not asleep, <laughs> you need to be like doing something or focused on somebody else's drama. So this show on MTV called Flora Bama Shore is yeah. honestly the best reality TV show I have seen on MTV <laughs> because the Oh, cast, wow. That's huge. Yeah. I, it's better than the real world. It's better than Jersey Shore, better than challenge, the challenge, whatever. It has the most cohesive cast where everybody plays a part that is needed. And they all at different times, they have the traits of, they all like to drink. They're mm -hmm. all young. 
They're all different degrees of unreasonable. You mm-hmm. need somebody who's not going to scream all the time. Not everybody can be on 10 all the time, mm-hmm. but you, at, they all go off at different times. Like when everybody else is chill, this person will freak out over nothing. Like it's great TV. The drama is great. And you can tell these people really love each other. Mm-hmm. They are now on season four. <laughs> I just finished. I, I actually, I think season five, they just shot season four is out right now. And it's fun because season four is where they finally admit oh yeah we're getting paid so we're all kind of rich right now <laughs> like mm. I start I watched the first episode of season four and in the beginning they're all just kind of talking about how they've all bought houses now <laughs> and so it's like dang there you go there's the money mm-hmm. thank you for acknowledging to us that you get paid to do this show mm-hmm. a lot of reality tv shows are like right oh we are just I have a job and I work no you don't this is your job exactly but that is what I want to offer to the world just Flora Bama Shore season one you're gonna have to find illegally <laughs> seasons two and four are on hulu season three you're gonna have to find illegally <laughs> and season five is coming out in september it is amazing reality television there you go and you know i'd never seen it until i came over and you showed it to me and i've now been intrigued aka looking at the wikipedia and figuring out who these people are it's so fun like it's just such a good show these people drink way more than I could never be on a show oh my on gosh. Any, I'm not interesting or dramatic dramatic enough to be on a reality tv show at all but on this one in particular they drink like five or six days out of the week and that's I, crazy I, you're literally just watching them kill their brain cells every night yeah but it's it's great tv outside of that it's it's great it's great okay great cool so that's episode two Woo! everybody stay safe out there and have mm-hmm. a good day or night (laughs) both bye bye